Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for Star Wars Visions Season 2. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Hello, hello. And Noma. Hello there. How are we doing today? We're doing. Yeah. We're moving. <laughs> through that hot-ass 35-degree weather. Oh, it's enjoyable, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Until it gets too humid. Yeah, seriously. But uh, we're, we're doing it. Ed. What are we talking about today? What episode? Today, we are discussing the events of A Vision Season 2, Episode 5, Journey to the Dark Head. Now, we're going to discuss what happened in this episode, and if there were any Easter eggs that we've seen from canon or legends or anything like that, we'll be sure to point them out. However, we are fallible, and we will and potentially miss stuff. If we do, please, please, please reach out to us and let us know what you saw that we didn't, and we can talk about it on the next episode to figure out how to get in contact with us don't worry noma's going to give you a whole rundown of that if you miss anything at this point just keep listening we'll repeat everything he says at the end of the podcast thank you absolutely uh so yeah as always one of the easiest ways to get in contact with us is our website which is voice of we've also got our email which is connect at voice of uh social media is twitter and instagram we're on both of those at voice force pod for both as always retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing listener base and is very much appreciated uh you can listen rate review follow and subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify amazon music audible and all major podcast platforms reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility and you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases uh now if you've listened to other episodes you've probably heard this spiel so i'll keep it a bit shorter but we're also on twitch right now uh, that is twitch.tv slash voice force gaming. Uh, we've been starting out there. We're getting a, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, dipping our toes into it, trying a bunch of different things, uh, whether that's uh, the collab streams I'm doing right now with Roomba Friend in Project Zomboid or, you know, uh, Star, Star Sim Arma stuff uh, with the 91st uh, Mobile Reconnaissance Force, uh, Jedi Survivor, or a whole suite of different things. Um, you know, we're trying to do it all, and if there's anything that you'd like to see us play, uh, absolutely let us know about that as well. We are usually on uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, a little bit later time, so 6 to 8 p.m. EST, uh, 10 p.m. EST for the Zomboid streams. But yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, we've had a, a bit of really fun viewer engagement so far, but we'd love to get some more. So uh, yeah, check us out if you've got the time. Thank you, guys. And yeah, if you guys are wanting to listen to this episode and have not watched the episode that we're talking about yet, this is your chance to pause the episode that we're recording right now, but what you're listening to, and uh, go watch the episode, come back. It's solid. It's a solid episode. Interesting things happen, and you don't want to get spoiled because you want to experience it for the first time. You can only do that once. If you know what's coming, it's not as fun. With that said, let's get into the credits for this episode. What does the stone show? There's a clash between two figures. There's a third shape as well, but I can't read it. Does this take place in the past or future then? I think that these are from the future. Alrighty, so like we said earlier, this is Vision Season 2, Episode 5, Journey to the Darkhead. Uh, the animation studio is Studio Mir. Uh, or Mer, I'm not 100% sure how you're supposed to pronounce it. Uh, the writer is Chung Si Rong. 
Uh, the director is Hyung Gwen Park, and the music is Lee Byung Hun and Jiang Yung Yu. Uh, as always, if I've mispronounced or butchered anybody's names, I apologize for that. Uh, and also a little bit of a warning, uh, depending on what you like to listen to during this podcast, I am going to go off on the art and visual part of this episode a lot. There is a ton. There is so much stuff it's within so good. it that I was really impressed with, especially the kind of homages or I guess art styles they were taking from different uh, studios and works. There were a bunch where I was like, oh, this reminds me of XYZ. I'll gush about that as soon as I'm done the synopses. Uh, but yeah, without any further ado, let's get into that synopses. Uh, so Journey to the Dark Head uh, starts with a kind of, it almost looks like a Jedi Temple scene at first. We've got this kind of rock garden. Uh, it's a very chunky rock garden, but still uh, with a lot of rain. There's all these kids and this old guy saying, hurry, there's not much time, which is a little bit confusing because it doesn't seem to be relevant to what happens later. But uh, they come down and we see this kind of force ceremony they're doing, which is some form of far-seeing or, you know, divination, it looks like, where uh, the main character, whose name I, I don't think we hear until the very end of the episode, um, but uh, Ara uh, picks up a rock and the interpreter says, what do you see? And she talks about this battle with uh, two forces, but there's a third kind of watching in the middle. Wonder if that'll come up later. Um, but she can't see it clearly. She thinks it's about the future, but she doesn't know. And the interpreter basically says, oh, your will is too weak. That's why you can't see the, see it properly. Um, she asks what the point even is, because as we're told, this is probably Old Republic. Um, there's a war going on with the Jedi and Sith, and, and they're not doing anything to help, and she thinks they should be helping the Jedi. And the interpreter pulls the classic, ah, you don't understand, but I'm not going to explain it, but you don't understand. Um, so basically from there, we uh, skip forward to her in the future, uh, where Ara is cosplaying Dr. Aphra. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, wait, wait is this a, no, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, so basically she goes to a Jedi temple to talk to them and um, pitch her idea, which is that the statues that they kind of gather under uh, no one's ever seen the top of them. She's pretty sure there's there's a mirror that reflects the light in the dark side. And she, if she can destroy the dark side one, um, you know, the light can be dominant. Um, the, I guess, head of this Jedi Council is a, is a very elderly Tholothan um, and basically says, oh, yeah, uh, sure, we can do it. And we've got some uh, Kiari Mundi-ass human Jedi being like, oh, that's this is bullshit. Why would we believe her? Um, to which the Tholothan says, it's cool, we've got we've got a guy, this would be a perfect mission for him. Uh, we then switch to that guy whose name is Tol? T-O-U-L. They kind of say it like it's Tool, but it's like Tol. Um, him with another Jedi, and we get his backstory in a really, really fucking awesome fight scene uh, with this cool... It's basically if they took the Knights of Ren and actually made them cool. Um, kind of like that, mixing a royal guard together. Uh, he kills a, a bunch of Jedi in front of him. His master basically says like oh you're you're a disgrace uh bichan i will destroy you and then gets one shot by the guy um and then bichan goes up to tool who in the flashback is a padawan basically he's like look all the jedi suck uh you're you're gonna die if you stay with them join me as a sith and we can conquer the galaxy i'm gonna give you a little burn on your mouth instead of your eyes so you can be our anakin for this episode um so he does that and uh, then we kind of get a snapback with the, the, the knight that he's with being concerned about him. Uh, he gets called off on his mission, um, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's paralyzed by fear. So we get him meeting Ara. It's kind of the classic, um, you know, the, the 
Ara doesn't think that Tool is a very good Jedi for this mission, and Tool just does not care about Ara. So they bicker back and forth. Uh, Tool points out that Ara can't even fly. She's using autopilot the whole time. Um, Ara is basically like, I didn't need a Jedi to come with me. Uh, try not to, to waste my time. Um, they go to a generic planet, generic techie planet, um, buy a bunch of gear. While they're there, um, Toll ends up seeing uh, Chen watching them. And so he is like alerted, but not enough in time when they reach uh, Ara's home planet that Beachar ambushes them. Um, takes out their ship. As the ship's crashing, uh, he's going to destroy the ship. But Ara and Tool uh, fly out on a speeder that they'd been working on earlier, slam into uh, the ship that knocks Beachan kind of out, basically. Uh, so he fights Tool on top of the speeder while they're going towards the statues. Um, I'm, I'm summarizing all this very, very quickly, but it is an awesome scene the whole way through. It's a great action scene. Um, they then land on the top of these statues, which are also connected with this giant kind of half techie, half kyber crystal ring. It's a little bit confusing what it actually is, but it's quite cool. So basically, Ara uh, goes on her mission uh, to have these homing explosives blow up the dark side head while Toll and uh, Beachan fight it out. Uh, they go into the ring, they come back out of the ring, they're they're fighting back and forth. Um, and as Toll go or sorry, as Ara plants all the explosives on the dark side head, uh, the sun sun starts to shine and we see that the sides are actually flipping. So the red head uh, starts to be filled with the blue light of the light side, and the blue head starts to fill with the red light of the dark side. Because you know, it's the force, it's all balanced. It's it's uh, it reminded me of something that uh, from a different from a different Star Wars video game that I'll, I'll talk about later. Um, but I've also gushed about it a million times, so people have already heard my opinions on it. But um, as Ara comes as realization of oh shit, uh, the heads are connected, the force is balanced, or must be balanced. Um, Bichan and Toll come to the climax of their fight, which is Bichan disarms Toll with the force, uh, uses his. He's got this like cyber rat tail um, that. He basically, like, on the back of his head, he he strangles Toll with it and is holding him over the edge of this platform and being like, join me or I'll fucking kill you. Um, and Aura realizes, like, oh, shit, this is the vision I saw. This, These are the two sides. I'm in the middle. So she uses the explosives to blind Beachan by having them detonate behind Toll, um, which lets Toll have enough time to grab his lightsaber and decapitate uh, Beachan. Uh, it looks like he's going to fall to his death. Of course he won't. Ara bought a parachute ahead of time. We'd already heard about that on the tech planet. So uh, she saves them. They land in the same pool that uh, we started the episode in with the uh, divinations. And they're like, oh, we make a good team. You know, they, they get that little bond of camaraderie. And it ends on a nice note where they're walking away. And Toll's basically like, well, I mean, we need a new ship, though, because you blew it up. And Ara's like, well, yeah, but you blew up the speeder, so I think we're even. And Toll goes, no, 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 no. A ship is much worse than a speeder. And it kind of cuts out from there, so... Yeah, overall, it, it's it's a very short episode, but I think my favorite part about it is they do a very good job of being like, okay, we need five to six minutes to establish the story, and then everything else is going to be action. Um, and it, it does a very good job of doing all of that. Um, like I said at the top, uh, not to try and steal all of today's uh, speaking time, but I, I really do want to touch on Studio Mir, Mir. Um, and their works. And what was really impressive to me was when I was looking into it. So Studio Mir is a South Korean uh, animation studio. Uh, and that is why, on one hand, it looks very anime. 
but going through their work, they've done a lot of things that I was actually surprised because I assumed um, a lot of their stuff was done by other studios because they, they are really, really good um, at not necessarily adapting, but using or kind of using styles that are pre-established um, and kind of just making them look so good consistently the entire way through. Um, so, for instance... Uh, Dan, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but um, Ed, one thing that really surprised me with this is that they did work on the Boondocks. Oh, nice. I've not seen no, it, I, but I've, I, I've, I've know about it, yeah. Just from the character design and everything like that, I was waiting for somebody to say it because I was just like, I'm seeing <laughs> this. I'm seeing this, but I, I didn't know how far their involvement went with it. Yeah, so, so the downside, it's not their fault, but the downside is um, they were the main studio for season four of Boondocks. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, uh, Boondocks season four is kind of known as the bad season because they didn't have the main writer. So it's like, why even do it at that point? But yeah. Point. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like I said, it's not their fault because they were the animation studio. They weren't the writing team. But yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. For anybody who wants to see Boondocks in a foreign language, it's fucking hilarious. I bet it is. Oh, yeah. I, I watched the Japanese version. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, there, there's a lot of clips where I would love to see. In Japanese. Oh, there, there, was, yeah. there was a moment <laughs> where. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that yeah. clip moment. I want to see. <laughs> we yeah, can't even say did. it. I think I know what they moment you're it. talking about. Like, you they, see them all over the internet. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. They did it. And it was so funny just yeah. being like, oh, my God. I, I just I want to see, I want to see the Japanese translation for this is a perfectly good moment to throw your life away for no reason. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Uh, but yeah, like on that same track, uh, I was also I was mentioning this with that before we started the podcast. They did uh, one episode of the Black Dynamite cartoon as well, uh, which Black again, I was just like really <laughs> okay. Remember what was the movie? The, what, no, what was that all about? Oh, oh man. So Black Dynamite is one of the funniest movies I've seen, and it, it's it's. It's a satire of a black black exploitation film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I so see it here. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so ugh, both of them. The cartoon and the movie are both. Because so there ain't the no hope so for funny. dudes with who deal dope. <laughs> Jesus, that's the catchline. <laughs> okay. Black Dynamite. I sell drugs in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Black Dynamite's an amazing, uh, an amazing series. But yeah, so they did that. The thing that they're probably most well known for. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm cutting anybody off. Let me know. But nice. uh, the the thing they're probably most known for is they did the majority, like ninety percent of the animation for Legend of Korra. Um, that's that where sense. the style was really established. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of other things. So the funny thing, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but when I was looking through their uh, their portfolio, there were a bunch of shows where I was like, oh, I thought Titmouse did these shows. Oh. Um, because the style was so so Voltron Legendary Defenders. I just had always assumed that was Titmouse. Uh, because for some reason I never looked it up. Um, Young Justice Outsiders. I also really? they also yeah they did work on on a couple of those episodes, but I never noticed an animation difference. Um, Young Justice Phantoms. The the one that really surprised me because I assumed it was again a, an American studio was uh, the Harley Quinn series. Oh, uh, they wow. also they also do that. So they're yeah they're they're art styles all over the place, but it's always mm-hmm. really good. They're able to adapt. To it. Seems like yeah, it's it's crazy how. Uh, how much I don't notice because 
Uh, oh, and they also did. Um, I, I I've only seen part of it so far, but uh, The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf, the animated. Oh, they did good. that too. Yeah, yeah, that was so and good. That's that's why watching those. I I just always assume because uh, Titmouse, for those who don't know, their newest, uh, most popular show is Legend of Vox Machina. Yeah, such a um, good show. It is, but like that animation style, like that. I've always just assumed anyone that does it like that um, was either uh, Titmouse or Studio Federator, who did uh, Castlevania. Uh, oh, I, I just, nice. I just, okay. Yeah, I just assume it's that kind of, like if it's a Western anime style look, it's one of those two studios. But that makes sense. Yeah, I was I was surprised a bit to be like, oh, okay, Mir does all of this stuff. That's um, all. Yeah, because the they, fighting style was like even for the little bit of saber combat was mm. sim- You could see it in Nightmare of the Wolf, especially. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. really it's, well. It's very smooth. It, it definitely had that Castlevania vibe yeah. to it. It's so fluid, and then the impacts are so uh, like weighted. So, yeah, they, it, it looks awesome. Like, all the fighting in this was amazing. Um, the other thing that really kind of surprised me was even in this, the thing that was kind of blowing me away was that um, just the art style and especially the colors they were using, it, it seems to, like, shift between a bunch of different styles of um, animation all at the same time. And they do it in a way where it, it keeps... It keeps itself consistent, but, I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm a crazy person uh, with this stuff, but they're shifting between so many color palettes so quickly. It's crazy. So, like, the beginning, I was really kind of curious because the the beginning part with uh, showing the backstory and then uh, um, up till right before the flashback, I was looking at the colors, and I was like, these colors are blowing me away. I feel like, and I'm not trying to be, like, an art snob or, like, an anime snob or dunk on people, but... I feel like a lot of people would look at that opening and be like, oh, wow, this is so like Studio Ghibli because it's very colorful and it's very detailed. You mean this episode, um, sorry? Yeah, 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 yeah specifically okay. just where it needs a dark head. Um, however, for me, it was like, it was just the thought where it was like, I think a lot of people are going to compare this to Ghibli. Um, for me, it was a little bit closer to, um, the, the, his, his stuff isn't super well known here, I think, but Satoshi Kon. Um, oh, yeah. who's done a lot of really trippy, really dark. I love all of this stuff, but man, is, is it depressing sometimes. Um, Satoshi Khan has done stuff like uh, Paprika. Paprika's amazing. Um, Perfect Blue, if you ever wanted to see Black Swan, uh, like a decade and a half before it came out. Uh, Millennium Actress. Um, but it, it's... it's at, oh, yeah, and Tokyo Godfathers. Tokyo Godfathers is very weird, but very good, uh, very cool. Um, so not so much Paprika, but uh, Millennium Act- Actress and Perfect Blue specifically, and also Ghost in the Shell. Um, they do this awesome thing with their art where the colors are so distinct, but they're muted. It's like the saturation is is so heavy in it that it leaches a lot of the, the pigmentation from the shot, but it, you can still see a very vibrant color beneath it. Is it because it's like um, super contrasty? Like the colors they use are very contrasty as well, even though that they're muted? It you basically, yeah. um, it, it's, it's kind of like a thing where, yeah, like the, the color palettes that they choose. So for example, like, this is why I was saying, uh, Ara looks like she's cosplaying Dr. Afra, um, because on her, she's got red and black and then red and beige. And so those colors, yeah. the red is what's so stark. But if you look at the red again, it's a muted red. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because everything else on her is, uh, so, uh, gradiated, great gradiated. Is Gradient. That but um yeah oh no i know, uh, I know what you're going yeah. for yeah. um but it, that makes it stand out same with uh bichan like it's the fact that he's got that red head but everything else is black, black. And he's yeah got the white it just it just pops exactly yeah. 
exactly it, it pulls out so much ghost in the shell um is also a fucking master class in that i it, they Ghost in the Shell takes it as, like, I'm going to end up gushing about it for too long, so I'll try to keep this short. Ghost in the Shell does it in such a way where they can literally take all colors that are all dull muted colors, browns and beiges and grays, and still make it contrast. It is insane to me. There, there's, they're so fucking good at it that if you watch the original movie, they literally have sections where it's just shots of the city. Like, yeah. There's no dialogue, there's no nothing. It's just showing what a shithole lower uh, Tokyo is. And it's so fucking good. Would you say that um, the detail in the drawing is what helps that too? The the realism of it. And okay. so it's 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 that intricacy that where it looks like you're you're looking at a painting. Um and you see that too in this episode. When she when Ara picks up the the stone and you're looking at the stones. Yeah. The detail's fucking insane. And then it zooms out to show that full temple with the steps and the, the circular dais. It's ridiculous how much detail's in it. Same thing at the very end of the episode when they show the statues. If you look at that shot, I I free like uh paused it and was like, oh my god, how long did this take? Because it is a full vista. So yeah, Studio Mirror, oh my god. They they've done some amazing stuff. The actual um fight scene itself. What I was really impressed with was, and kind of again, when I looked it up, I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. It, it the contrasting colors in in uh, the backstory or the flashback fight are so harsh. Like the shadows are so deep, and the colors that come out are so bright. It reminded me of kind of like the Black Dynamite cartoon. Afro Samurai also jumped to mind. Yes, uh, yeah, Samurai Afro Shampoo. Samurai, yeah. absolutely. Came to mind. Yeah. That that insane uh, shadow light contrast was so good and so yeah i was like holy shit like it brings back so many on ghost in the shell yeah we're yeah. doing um uh i was gonna, I was gonna say black samurai <laughs> uh afro samurai um i mean you wouldn't be wrong. Not, yeah you wouldn't be wrong <laughs> yeah, it's true just call him yasuke and that's it black dynamite yeah yeah <laughs> and kuma yeah um yeah yeah just mixing the the two series together and then when they're actually doing the fight on the ring it was still kind of Samurai Champloo, but I was also like, oh, yeah. it, it's partly because as soon as B-Chan takes off his mask, I was like, Ozai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was so, like, Avatar The Last Airbender with, like, a f- crazy budget. Yeah. Um, it, it really reminded me of that, especially you're seeing little things, too, like Toru, uh, Toll's eyes flashing and changing colors but the lighting in them the is red and the yellow ridiculous. when he's like no and it gets angry yeah, and then you like and, flash like the sith colors i'm like oh yeah, dude. And, and, and then white when he kind of like uh realizes what what's happening to him and all that kind of stuff and he has like, like inner inner naruto moment where he has to hug himself oh yeah, <laughs> <I> <laughs> love, so, yeah there's so many naruto references in this talk no jutsu himself there was also well and so that, that was the yeah right that, the, that, that was also another thing because there's a point where b-chan is falling down a cliff and he yeah. like activates his lightsaber to pull it down yeah. and it just immediately like flashbacks to was it um what episode is it southern raiders where uh, azula does the same thing with her hairpin oh yeah, yeah. So okay down the cliff and it was like you know they didn't work i well i don't think they worked on the original avatar the last time but it was like a co- such a cool little homage thing i was like oh that's super neat they've been using that a lot in star wars recently where it's like sliding down with that lightsaber like ventress yeah. does it ahsoka does it to and me it's like, it makes no but, sense. but it's literally yeah. <laughs> manifest light that is so yeah, hot it cuts through, through literally thing. anything except yeah. itself no resistance yeah and Beskar. No resistance but it's slowing you down. Make, yeah. sure make things out of that statue for armor that's what you got to do <laughs> like 
even even in that scene, like Toll, he he superhero lands with his saber still lit. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, if you look, if you landed wrong, that just went right through your leg. The fight's done. Absolutely. Like, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Did anyone else get the Valley of the End vibes from the two statues when they're fighting in that ring thing? Oh, that, I thought 100%. that's what they were going like, for. Or like the statues in, in Lord of the Rings and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like those big. Oh no, I, I was seeing uh, Hashirama. Yeah, it's Hashirama and, and the other one. Yeah, yeah. it's like the yeah. light in the dark, and then it switches. The other one, Madara. Yeah. <laughs> The Man, I forgot. It's been it's guy. been so long. Like I haven't watched it since I was 15 years old. So it's been way too long. I go long. back and watch that like Madara versus everybody fight. Yeah. Like at least a once good fight. a month. Yeah, the, the like ending fights are freaking ridiculous. Like the Mike Guy fight versus Madara is absolutely insane. I love that fight. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then he's just like, "Huh, oh, you kind of you almost hurt me." Yeah, I, and now I you're do. dead. I do have some some issues with that that after part. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, like oh, yeah, Naruto no, like, Jesus coming up yeah. and just saying nah, Heels. Rez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I feel like it would have been a lot more impactful if it had actually weakened Madara, and then you yeah, know, the fight going forward, it's like thanks, guy, for weakening him, so we actually had a chance. It's to not just him. a cool yeah. fight for no to, reason. Ha I'm still invisible now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better. Oh, you almost killed me, but it didn't matter. Like it's just. It, it, it makes the impact of of what he did yeah because that was the whole reason to never open the eighth gate he finally yeah, did yeah. and it was like come yep. on man to make it significant yeah and it was like haha you've done nothing but yeah so that's a that's a naruto thing mm. so many naruto um, references this episode yeah and, believe right. it sorry yeah get out of here <laughs> um but yeah so so the ending part uh i just want to touch on that very quickly as well because mm -hmm. that uh when i was watching it like again Satoshi Kon, Paprika, like that was when I was like, ooh, vibrant colors, slightly muted. Like this is, this is like, it's like the Satoshi Kon homage masterclass. But at the same time, I was also thinking uh, at the, that end part where they're back in the temple, I was like, this is, this looks a little bit more Ghibli, especially like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the details on the lotus flowers in the background, I fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like an oil painting. It's nuts. Um, I gotta have to watch this episode again after talking about all the art. It's it's crazy. I was blown away, like consistently, just bl I, I blown away. And and there's another part that I want to touch on when we get to it because I watched this three times back to back to back. Um, and like I said, that'll be relevant when we get to the voice actors part. But yeah, like seeing that and just being like, holy shit, these guys blew it out of the park. Um, and obviously, you know, take take what I'm saying as well with a grain of sand. I'm not saying all the other visions were worse uh, stylistically compared to to this one they're mm. all awesome but just being a, a person who has consumed anime for so long and seen so much of it, it it's so cool watching how much effort went into this um and and especially from again no offense i'm not saying it's worse because of it but a non-japanese studio um like obviously studio mir can put out some ridiculously high quality content but i'm just so blown away by how awesome this episode looked uh, and yeah, I think I've talked for way too long. <laughs> so I'll hand it over to you guys. Ed, what did you think? Go for it. I, had, I only had a few points. Like, I kept getting taken out of the story because it, it's not Bichan's fault. But the two things, Afro Samurai came up right away because when the master mm. comes, it was like, oh, no, I got to get you, Bichan. Uh, <laughs> you see, I, I just did it. Because it was Mortal Kombat <laughs> coming into my head and Afro Samurai because like, oh, yeah. b way too close to Bihan. So all I could mm. see was Sub-Zero doing all this shit instead. <laughs> That's great. I, if he had a blue lightsaber, it would have been perfect. 
But then he pulls the Afro Samurai. We're like, yeah, I have a hidden contraption thing to my weapon. Because the end of his saber is that, like, big scorpion tail snake thing, right? Mm. So he launches that out, kills the master. And I was just like, all I could hear in my head was, get over here! (laughs) So it was just like, so you're B-Han, but you're B-Chan, so now you have scorpion's powers instead, and that's why you have the face covering. (laughs) And so when he ripped it off, I half expected a fucking skull. Skull. And I was disappointed when it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's like, like some sort of like messed up visage of some sort. Something like it. But the fact that he was just so normal because he was wrecking through all those Jedi before, right? Mm. And when they when they land on that like scrap planet or half scrap planet to get the 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 bombs and the detonator and everything mm. like that and the and the climbing gloves, and he's standing off in the distance being like oh, a familiar presence was like yeah you don't remember the kid you burned and said you'll be my apprentice soon okay yeah the chase anybody yeah the chase though it's just like of all the blasts you could have you put like a a lap fucking laser you got two lap laser guns on your ship where you really should just be firing bolts but okay Mm -hmm. um there was that the scene where they're both on the speeder and she's like i don't know the speeder's not gonna make it and he's like, I need you now. And then told us like the force push. Mm. But then you see the distance from there so far. I'm just like, how do you still look like, are you a knight? Are you a Padawan? Like, mm. I, I'm guessing he's not a Padawan because he doesn't have a braid, anything yeah. like that. If it was he seemed like a knight. Yeah, cool. like a very he young like a knight. knight. But he's a kid. So it's just like, okay, is it just because you survived that encounter? Or is it wartime knighting, knighting? Like, you know, we mm. don't have a choice. We have to. But the he flung her that far. And I was just like, okay, Avatar kind of push thing and then the mm. jump that he does afterwards too i'm just like there's no oh my god there's like they're really respecting the force and its power in this one here mm. eh? okay the meditation of going back the meditation in the room where he's pulling the vader moment making the whole yeah. room shake that was so cool <laughs> and then, oh i worry for that one there's <laughs> too much anger oh no it's not anger it's fear oh god okay okay and then <laughs> I don't know why it happens to me. Well, I do know why it happens now. But anytime I see any kind of fucking meeting room with a council or anything like that, because I thought mm. the, the girl had become a Jedi somehow, right? And now she was oh, requesting okay. to go back to deal with it herself. I didn't mm. realize that you could just walk into the temple and make a petition. Like, there's some sort of grand leaders. And this is putting, there's inflating their ego to some <laughs> massive amount. Or, oh, why are we even listening to this? You're supposed to be here to help. Shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> like, immediately, I was just like, I don't like this council. I mean, even even the, the, the Tholathan who was trying to help, I was like, I don't like mm. you either. Hey, well, oh, it'll be good. So you're not even trying to help her. You're just worried about your own. It's like, come yeah. on. Why? Like, I, I can't. Every council. I thought she was, the way she was talking, I thought she was going to pull a Revan initially oh wow because when she was still back mm. at the time she's like there's a war going on and this is happening and we have the chance to do something and you're not letting us do anything about it i was just like you fucking mm. preach yeah Go become the revocist <laughs> and and it was just like oh no you you don't understand it's like fuck you you don't understand if we get into trouble it's your fault the the scene where they're on the rings with the with the whole like ending naruto fight and seeing the vibrancy of the red and the blue that was mm. constantly interposed. Every time they swung after that, all you saw was purple, just to show that it looks like right now one is the same, one mm. and the other are the same. Like we can't, you can't really differentiate between the two. And I thought that was kind of nice just to be like, you know, overwhelming light's not good, overwhelming dark's not good. You must have mm. balance. Like the whole point of it was balance. 
and I really, I know it's not connected to canon, but I really want to know what this war is about because it's just like yeah. Just from seeing all the interactions, just like yeah, so I'd have, I'd have been like, yo, you need an apprentice, fuck, stay less, bro, let's go. Like, I don't deal with this <laughs> shit anymore. But it, w- it would be cool if this was during the the uh, the Revan War, if Bichon yeah. was just like one of Malik's apprentices or something. It would yeah. add a little bit more, like, I guess, weight to the whole situation. It I would guess. like solidify, yeah. What's, yeah. Like, so because era. it's not canon, I'm just gonna go with that. I'm gonna go yep. take that and run with it because <laughs> at that point, it gives even more depth, right? So it's just like this is this is what's been spanning. You don't see Triumvirate or anything like that, but they're definitely something's around mm. and wherever they're trying to be because worlds still look nice. That clearly wasn't Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it was a good episode. This was the one I was looking forward to the most, just based on like the art of each episode up to this point, I was just yeah. like, this looks like it's going to be something. And I wasn't disappointed in the slightest. I, it was the longest one we've also seen so far. Um, this one ran about almost 20 minutes. Yeah. It was pretty long the, for what it was yeah. like. And the animation we got, like you said, the art we got like, mm. wow, what a treat. What a treat. This Seriously. was. So it's this, also, Oh, sorry. Yeah. This uh, is, but... this is the standard that like, Disney should hold itself to at minimum in it terms is. of storytelling. We've been saying it the whole series, but in terms of storytelling, you can tell a concise story with 20 minutes. And this is the stuff you can fill in gaps mm-hmm. with, with comics and books and everything like that. You mean to tell me you have a whole two hours and can't give a story like this? Yeah. Seriously. What are you doing? Right. So it's this was a great, it's a great project to show off everybody's like fandom and love and everything like that but you can tell that these come from a place of passion mm. whereas a lot of the disney stuff just is coming from a monetary gain standpoint yeah and, and like when you it. when there's passion behind it you can feel it in these yeah. episodes oh, yeah. like this episode was just them loving what they wanted to do having a story to tell showing their chops off for the animation and the art and just visually making a masterpiece in terms of and, the animation mm-hmm. in Star Wars. And so far, there's been a little subtle play to everything where you don't really see that many references to any sequel time period for anything yeah. of these Visions episodes. Mm-hmm. Far. The only one that I can remember was Ronin, but that was just like, yeah, it's the armor. kind of, but not really. Was yeah. the one, you know what I mean? The one that was uh, the lightsaber super slash um through space that was like after the republic uh beat the empire or whatever and the empire was coming back or something like that it was after like they, they talked about the war the, and all that the trigger one yeah uh, yeah i can't remember what it's called say that more, i i was putting that in like a cade skywalker kind yeah of it was kind of like a like a sequel sequel mm-hmm. i guess yeah way into the future sort of thing but like yeah all these it was just like the the ones the massive ones that have really come out of everywhere where people were just having fun and showing their love of it it just goes to show you where it's just like, yes, this is what everybody thinks Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. And always Lucas is in the is in all the credit stuff before the episode. Based on mm-hmm. the works of Star Based Wars. Based on Star Wars, George, George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. But you yeah. don't see Disney at that <laughs> point, which then leads me to believe, like, yeah, anybody who says this, it, it's like we're ignoring your sequel stuff. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. doing what star wars means to us and what we grew up with or whatever the studio decided what direction exactly. we said to go with it mm. and it just saying this is not to 
provoke an attack on Disney, but it's more so just like, this is what your fans love. Open your eyes. This is what, exactly. It's just like, there's no more room to bury your head in the sand. You you just (laughs) kept it in Japan for one season. So you could have said like, oh, that's their just interpretation. But now this is the world. And Mm. there's multiple countries that have already done this. And it's just like, hey, look, like the world is watching and you're not delivering. Maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board. Mm. Maybe it's time to relook at things. And if you need to take some time, take some more time and really deliver on something. The world is not the the world is not the West. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. It's like so far we've gotten things from everywhere else, basically. Yeah, you're right. So it's just like pretty much every continent so far. And nobody, nobody's not yet. I think that's coming. I think we have one coming up. Yeah. So at that point, it's just like, you know, look at everything that's going. Nobody's trying to stand for anything. Nobody's pushing anything. Everything's staying within the Star Wars lore. And Mm. that is a degree, yes. (laughs) To a degree, degree, There's not really any agenda or anything like that. It's just Star Wars. The agenda is show us what you got and what you're passionate about Star Wars is. But but a good example of that is, uh, was it last episode? Or no, two episodes ago with the sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that didn't feel forced at all. No, and it was a unique story. Yeah, I think that's the criteria: all, all, is make a unique story with like no characters in canon. Yeah, all, all the characters in that episode with faces are women. Yep, but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like they're trying to push anything. Then you, it's just they all are. Exactly, and it works because they're not pointing at it with a big flashing sign, being like, "Look, look, look at what we're doing." Exactly. Um, just some kind of things I wanted to t- touch base. You guys basically covered most of it um the designs of these characters were really really interesting um some jedi masters and jedi knights and stuff like that and even aura had like like the metal pieces kind of on their skin almost like implant kind of look to them um mm. so i thought that was kind of cool I, I don't know if it was a nod to like swator and like the cybernetics you can have in that game or just like in general in star wars and sci-fi but uh, you can definitely tell like the animators and the character designers of this episode really loved integrating like that like mechanical look into characters just to give them that little bit more dimension i feel like even with um bichan right like with the pieces that come up from uh his sorry his chin on his uh almost like a goat like a what do you call that thing like a my god that's the one i was gonna say like you have one no i don't i have a beard (laughs) You have a freaking no, soul. It's, it's right there. Yeah, but it's yeah. part of the beard. If you just have that, it's, then oh, okay. it's called the soul patch. Um, but yeah, it's no, the soul there, patch. There's a. Oh no, I'm thinking of a goatee beard. Never mind. Yeah, see. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, just in- including that mechanical part into all the characters, and just as their character designs add a little bit more dimension to them. Um, like we said, like the Naruto references were kind of fun. Um, <laughs> I did like oh, how. Go ahead. Speaking of references, I did also like. I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this but yeah when toll first shows up you see ara like she turns and looks straight over his head and yeah. you kind of like see it go down and i was like oh, okay aren't you a little short for a jedi aren't you a little yep. short? you know i was like because oh, you're like, like first person too. look down yeah yeah that yeah. was pretty fun um the part where like the statues turn changed from like blue to red and red to blue i mm. thought that was really cool because it's like yeah like it's not great it's not like uh black and white right they change mm. back and forth. And that's like something that happens with the character Toll in this episode too, right? And like him coming to terms with that dark and that light inside of him. Um, mm. I thought that was pretty cool. And I guess getting into like the casting of it, 
Uh, we have a whole Korean cast listed and an English cast. Unfortunately, I didn't translate the Japanese cast that Noma watched, but I couldn't. I couldn't find a Japanese. I cast. did. It's near the end, but it's all. It's okay. all in like kanji. And I'm like, I can't so, read that. Well, so yeah, right. So going into it, like, sorry, uh, before you do yeah. the cast up, like, there, there was a there. Actually, you know what? You do the cast up first, and then I'll, I'll talk about sure, it because sure. I think it'll make more sense. There. So we'll start with the Korean cast. I didn't watch it in Korean, but I think Noma, you said you did, right? Mm. Was it was it well done? Would you say the dub? I, I actually I actually think it's the best way to watch it. Interesting. Okay, so I'll I, have I to do that. All the voices lined up the best in Korean. Okay. So if uh and again, if I mess up people's names, please crucify me with our with the email. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh Jang Yina as Ara, Lee Kyung Tae as Tol, Yo, uh Yun Yong Sik as B Chan, Chuang Quang uh as uh interpreter. Oh, is that the the guy at the beginning? That's like the yeah, the old guy, the old man, I think, like yeah. making the inscriptions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Choi So Min as uh, the master Duda, which I think was the one that's like, oh, go on this mission. Mm. Um, Shin Yu Yong Wu as the master uh, Lisa Gum and the shopkeeper. Uh, Lim Che Hyun as training partner and Lee So Young as master Moru and another Jedi, unnamed. <laughs> Uh, we have the English cast, which is Ashley Park as Ara and Young Ara. There you go. Uh, Eugene Lee as Yang. Uh, sorry, Eugene Lee Yang as Toll. Daniel Day Kim as Bichon. And Albert Kong as the interpreter and Master Jedi A. Greg Chung as the shopkeeper. Master Lisa Gum, training partner and Padawan. Jonella La uh, Landry as Master Duda. And Judy Alice Lee as Master Moru and another Jedi. I do have the credits here for their stuff, so I just want to go through them one at a time, starting with sure. Yeah, before before you do, yeah. the one thing that really shocked me, because uh, I did look through while I was looking through the credits, I I uh, saw the English stuff too. I did a fucking double take when I saw Toll's voice actor because I was like, no way. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh shit, it is. I don't know if, if uh, any of our listeners or any of you guys have ever seen the Try Guys, uh, the YouTube channel. I haven't. Um, I don't think. But Eugene is one of is so that that's where I first saw him from. Uh, there's there's uh yeah so there's a YouTube channel called the Try Guys and he's one of the main uh, cast members of it. Um so yeah when I saw that I was like oh shit okay that's fun it's it's yeah it's it's as it's as crazy to me as learning that uh, there's another YouTuber I watch called uh, Young Ye um, who is like a video game news uh, YouTuber and he did the voice acting for the main villain in JoJo's Part Six. Oh shit that's so yeah, interesting. Yeah, being like, holy shit, that's crazy. When you, when you audition, uh, like, if they like you, they like you, you know, if you fit. Yeah, and, and he did a really good job. Well, in both cases, yeah, they did a great job with it, so yeah. Um. So yeah, like going through, we have Albert Kong. He vo uh, he played, I, I have his IMDb. Uh, it has a lot more credits than just, like, additional voices Um. on the behind the voice actors. So we have The Best Gift, SWAT, Mind Blown, and Timeless as his, like, main um, movies. We have uh, Daniel Day Kim. He voices, obviously, B-Chan in this. Um, he plays in Mirai, Raya in The Last Dragon, She-Ra in The Princess of Power, um, Saints Row. He plays a character. Where's the other one here? Um, well, you guys, in uh, Justice League Unlimited, he plays Metron. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, he plays Fong. He's like an uh, Earth Kingdom guy. If, if, General if, Fong, if I think. You, 
if you want to picture uh, Daniel Day Kim, he has been cir- circling around lately as a meme. Oh, really? Um, you ever see the Chad Asian guy looking up? Um, that's so that's funny. Him. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. <laughs> um, in his IMDb page, he's part of the Divergent series as Jack Kang. Lost, he plays Jin Su Kwan. Hellboy, the 2019 version, I think the newest one. Major Ben Daimyo. And uh, for Love of the Game, he plays an ER doctor. There's that. Uh, Jonella plays Master Duda, which is that master. It's like, oh, go on a mission. But she has no more credits for I or for the kind of voice actors. So the stuff she's known for is Spellbound, Brothers Grimm, Sisters, Sisters Wild, uh, and The Pragmatist. We have one that I think you guys might know, Judy Alice Lee. Um, maybe if you play Genshin Impact, she plays Yunjin. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops, she plays uh, Seraph. Smite, she voice acts as Oblivion Temptress Daji. And I'm just trying to think if there's anything else in here. Octopath Traveler as Mint. Arknights, if you're into that. Wild Mane. And that's pretty much all I recognize. Oh, Hades 2 as Melano. Illinois. For her IMDb credits, we have uh, one more extra. It's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series that came out uh, last year, I think. Um, playing as Crass and a few other characters. Greg Chun, funny enough, voices some characters in Naruto. Shippuden, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he plays uh, Zoe Sui and En Oyashiru and Taiko Uchiha. One that dies very, very early on. Um, but there's like just random characters essentially. Um, Hunter Hunter plays Zapile. Um, Ikalgo, uh, the guy with the big afro in like the Hunter's arc with like the cards. Oh, okay. Um, Mob Psycho as Matsuo. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures Enduel from Stardust. Okay. Enduel. Okay. Gibbs um, user. Okay. Uh, extra Fate Extra as Twice H Peaceman. Saint Seiya as Virgo. Boruto, he plays a whole bunch of other characters. I have no idea. Sort of online, he plays a character named David. I didn't know there was a character named David, but okay. Mm. Baki plays a few characters. Uh, man, he's got lots of credits. Sort of online. Um, Demon Slayer as Muzan Kibutsugi, which is like one of the oh, main shit. villains, I think. It's Michael he's, Jackson. Yeah, yeah he's like yeah, the main, yeah. main, villain. The main yeah. villain. I've seen only season one in the movie, so I haven't gotten too far into mm. it. Um, Gauthor in Seven Deadly Sins and Thor's Sornison in Vinland Saga. Snorrison. Wait, who? Thor's. Thor's. Like the, the dad. Dude. The dad yeah. from the first season. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, is that. He also plays in. Uh, is this. Yeah, Greg Chun plays in Squid Game as Seong Ji Hun. Um, Smash Bros. Ultimate as the English version of Ike. Is that? That's kind of cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we have Casey Chase. We're almost done. We have two more after this. A uh, whole bunch of like Charlie Brown credits. Um, Black Sad, Walking Dead as Willie. Detroit Become Human as North. Oh, and... wow. Okay. okay. Digimon Fusion as Ignitemon and Lopmon. <laughs> there you go, Noma. That's for you. And uh, do you guys play Might and Magic Heroes 6? No. no. Okay. Zakira in that. Uh, Eugene Lee, you said Try Guys, Comfort Girls, mm-hmm. and Eugene uh, Lee Yang, I'm Gay, which is a music video, apparently. 
Um, and then... Yeah. <laughs> was that just a troll for you to no, that, say that? No, that was just like part of his like well-known credits. <laughs> no, not, not, not a troll at all. Just me reading his credits. <laughs> um, Ashley Park for Emily in Paris. This is for uh, Ashley Park, sorry. Emily in Paris, Only Murders in the Building, Mean Girls with the Musical, and Beef. So. Oh, the new Netflix. The new yeah, Netflix the new show. new show. Yeah, I still have to watch mm. that. It looks funny. That's all the actors and actresses that we've had for those two um, uh, languages. But no, you had something you want to share with the Japanese stuff, I think. Oh yeah, well, just in general, like so. Like I said, I listened to it in English first, and then Japanese because I was the the English one. There, there was only one gripe I had with just kind of the the script overall, and it's, yeah. I, again, it's not really their fault. Like I know it's industry standard, but there were a couple of lines that felt really, really rushed. Yeah, I, I felt Super, that too in the English. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even on the first watch, I was like, "Oh, it's because they're trying to sync the lip, the lip flaps perfectly." Because they're like they're like over explaining a sentence. You, you can you can tell because someone would say a sentence at a normal speed, and then the next person would say it at like two and a half times the speed. Yeah, like it would be super fast. Like it was just, like you're trying to cram too many words into the mouth flaps. Exactly. Um, which again, that's not. I, I'm not saying that that's anybody's fault. It's you know, it, it's how it is. But then when I watched it in Japanese, everything flowed a lot smoother. Like it all felt. And then in Korean, everything was fucking perfect. Yeah, that's because of what they animated which, for, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Um, yeah, over, overall, it, it was just the, the voices I was expecting. Um, the English was good. The Japanese was good and a little a little bit odd. There's one thing that's driving me fucking insane, which is that Bichon's voice, I, I could not figure out, I could not find I gotta anywhere listen to this who now. voiced Bichon. <laughs> but, and I, I, want, I want you to listen to it, because I am 95% sure it's a Final Fantasy villain. Bichon. It sounded Bichon. so close to, like, I couldn't tell if it was Garland or Golbez or Ooh. like or someone from 14 like it might have been Garlamond but like I was it was driving me crazy. But yeah, I mean the episode was such a fun watch and like it the 20 minutes went by so fast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh I'm definitely going to rewatch this uh with the Japanese and Korean subtitles for sure or not subtitles, languages. Um mm-hmm. just because <laughs> yeah, with the English subtitles. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because I won't be able to read any of it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think just in general, the art style in these what four episode five episodes now have been so vastly different, but so good in their own right mm. that we are getting treated to the different perspectives and that how people see art in the world as well, not just Star Wars, but how they perceive situations that they can protect. Uh, not project, uh, project, but portray. Sorry, in their art it's, style, right? Yeah, it's it's like a smorgasbord of creativity. I right? love like it. There, I don't think I don't think there's any better way to show that Star Wars is for everybody. Can be, yeah, anyone. Absolutely, it's it's absolutely timeless. Um, and and honestly, I think that's a good point because there are a lot of series where they're crazy well established, and there's so much stuff on them, but it's always from one geographical perspective. Yep. Um. And that's not necessarily the fault of the franchise. It's just how it's always been. So exactly. you, you don't really realize how universal it can be unless you get something like this, especially on an official stage. No, I agree. But uh, Ed, did you have another point there? It looks like you're thinking about something. Komomura? Oh, maybe. Oh, man. From Final Fantasy? 
No, bleach. Yeah. Oh. Bleach. Stay you. <laughs> the furry captain. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. The fact that you remember his name is insane. I okay. So back in high Nada? school. Back in high school, I knew almost every single character's name in Bleach. Every oh, single Me too, what? of course. No, like like to the point where it was like, hey, where someone would be like, Vice name Captain. me a character I probably don't know. And I'd be like, yeah, Tetsuzay Maniba. I don't know. That's insane. The lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Komamura's lieutenant. Yeah. The manly man. He actually yeah. plays the same guy that you're talking about. Um, he plays Jesus Burgess in One Piece. <laughs> That's funny. That's so good. But but if you yeah, listen so, to them, like, nah. Yeah, it's going to be bugging me. For... Also, he plays Nappa. Same guy. Hmm, okay. I've oh. never listened to Dragon Ball Z in Japanese. And Endeavor. <laughs> oh, could he could he be all for one? <laughs> Is that it? No, that, that voice I do recognize like, instantly. <laughs> no, because that that's that's on the same like yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. dude. The 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 weirdest thing for me was playing Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. in Japanese. And then your uncle is all is all for one. Yeah, I know. You're, you're like, like ah! yeah, yeah. I heard <laughs> you're that. You're supposed to be giving me life advice. You're supposed to be trying to kill me. Yeah. See, I never hear him as that. All I see is big ass Is- Iskandar, man. And oh, from okay. There, yeah, that's fair. From there, I'm just like, I can't kill you. I'm just waiting for him to go. Oh, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being like this, like really wise guy who's trying to guide you through life, it's like, mm, yeah, I don't yeah. trust you. Just slowly getting more and more disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, did you have any last points? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. All this one, I this is my favorite, but I knew it would. Oh, really? Be, okay. I don't know what to expect from the next one because I've been really trying to not look forward. On not yeah, like, I haven't gotten spoiled on any of the new before. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So like. It's been perfect timing in watching them. I've been in, more entertained with watching them like this rather than like binging through the whole series and just ignoring mm-hmm. some or trying to like speed through some to get to the one I want to see. Exactly. Because I would have sped through the Wallace and Gromit one and not really paid attention to it at that point because I was so sure it was going to be some kitty nonsense mm-hmm. thing. By the way, I'm so it's glad so we got the name of that ship. <laughs> 45 minutes oh, after the yeah, podcast yeah. i was gonna i was gonna mention that yeah. yeah shout out to the reddit world it's the hut it, the hut like transport kind of like security vessel that they use like throughout all the things we're mentioning how we didn't even come up with the huts that's how low we think of them. and i knew it was from an animation it just felt like that right and we yeah. only got huda in like clone wars so Mm. Or I guess video games maybe as well. Like we no, get it well, in. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't take anything from the old republic because yeah, it's like, different. Yeah. It's different era. It's it's era, right? So the ships could look similar, but not to that extent. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of uh, like that kind of a deep cut Easter egg, the other thing that I honestly didn't even think about it until right before the podcast. But the shopkeeper in this episode, yes, he's it's the same alien species as the Tatooine food vendor. Like it's angry at Jar Jar when yes. it, when he tries to steal the whatever. He's like a grub man. Grub That's the best way I can yeah. like describe yeah. him. Yeah, yeah it's just like a because it was bugging me. I was like, I know this alien. I know this alien. I I but I can't think of the species name because I've seen it so so few times. And yeah, right before we started, I was like, oh yeah, it's that. I couldn't remember put my finger on, but now that you said that, yeah, like hundred percent. Yeah, where it's like the the kind of like white. Gl- black glossy eyes and like the little uh sharp teeth and little spikes on the top of the head his name 
is Gragra. I think is the name of it. I don't know if that's the name or the species. In in Phantom Menace or uh let me just take a look. Yeah, in Phantom Menace. Okay. All I want is for somebody to bring a Kubaz back and just hear them with their squeaky tail. So the species name is Swokes Swokes. Swokes Swokes, okay. Yeah. They're also in the Senate, apparently. <laughs> They're like sure. deserts and wastelands. Who isn't in the fucking Senate anymore? Yeah. Right? They are interesting species. But yeah. With that being said, guys, I think let's get into the outro. Let's do it. Welcome to the outro of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you didn't listen to the actual like animated episode in the other languages please do let us know maybe you listen to it in a language that is your native language that is not english or any of the three languages we talked about today let us know what you thought and how well it was dubbed and match up with the mouth flaps all that stuff but uh ed how can they do that where can they do that and why can they do that well how you can do it is by going back to disney plus and putting it back on and listening to it remember to change your audio <laughs> if you're looking for japanese it won't actually say japanese like you have to find the yes yeah. the japanese yeah. and korean is right under that so yeah. if you see circle symbols as well like circular parts in the well, script you'll see that's korean yeah well second from the bottom is japanese and then bottom yeah is korean. Oh, bottom is korean. yeah i yeah i saw like two minutes ago and then <laughs> and then keep your subtitles on if you need that in your native language also how you can well that's how you can listen to it how you can contact us well like we said before there's multiple ways to do so and all this information you can find at voiceoftheforce.com while you're looking for that information look up the shop.voiceoftheforce.com as well for some interesting merch loot and all that good stuff but we are you can contact us by email that is connectedvoiceoftheforce.com we're on social media. We are at Voice Force Pod. Anything you retweet or repost, that's new episode tweets, for example, or something interesting we may have seen throughout the week. Um, you know, or even the Twitch ones that we do, because we're on Twitch as well. I'll go over that in a little bit. But if we post that, you start posting around, then more people come watch the stream. It's great. But all that you can find there, and we really do appreciate it. On Twitch, I should say we are Voice Force Gaming. Now as Noma said before, we are on Tuesdays. We are on Fridays. Fridays usually from eight to ten. Tuesdays, I believe, anywhere six? between six and ten. Yeah, yeah Noma. Yep. Yeah. So and are we doing Saturdays too? Noma, are you doing Saturday ops or no? Uh, when I'm free for them, but okay. that's literally just if I'm free. So yeah. I wouldn't put that to a schedule. No problem. So anything for that, and maybe surprise Saturday streams. Keep your eyes on Instagram. Keep your eyes on Twitter for when we post that we are going to be streaming soon and jump onto Twitch and check that out. Remember you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon music, audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you do leave us a five-star review and a comment, it does help with visibility and anything that you do subscribe to or that you do follow any whatever the platform that asks you to do and how you do like that and then you get everything uh once you subscribe or follow or like the latest episode that comes out you'll be notified of it right away it's so helpful and it's if you spotify like me it's sorted it's great i love it thank you ed and noma and remember if you remove your mask you're probably gonna get beheaded 
<laughs> beheaded. Hey, <laughs> hey. b got beheaded. Sorry. <laughs> Shut out, everybody.